This is Pastoring Out Loud, a podcast for Bethlehem Baptist Church's South Campus in Lakeville, Minnesota. Are you interested in learning more about our church? Go to Bethlehem.church forward slash south. Why is McDonald's Coca-Cola better? Dave. I have no idea. It just is. I just asked that question. Nick, why is McDonald's Coca-Cola better? Or I'm sorry, I should ask it in the meme-worthy phrase. Like, which which Coca-Cola is the best and why is it McDonald's? Go ahead. <laughs> I have no, no way to answer that. Because so you, you, you don't agree? I don't know. I, I don't know. You meant why, like, why do I think it's better? Or, like, what qualities actually make it better? Yes, to both. No idea about the qualities, but it just is more flavorful and richer in all the right ways. It just is. I don't know. Maybe it's fresher. And, Nick, you come from the side of the world that drinks Pepsi? No. Oh, okay. You just don't care for Coke? I mean, it's fine. I don't drink much pop. If you were to drink a pop, what pop would it be? Probably a Diet Coke. Okay, Diet Coke. And Ethan's over there in the corner chewing his burger. What about you, Ethan? What would you drink if you could drink? Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew. Okay. Mountain Dew. Well, Guys, this today- is a professional operation here. <laughs> no, it's not. We never pretended. We are not professionals. Yeah, we... <laughs> brothers, we are not professionals. In all seriousness, it might be... The ratio of syrup to water. Oh. You're saying there's a bit more syrup than carbonated water at McDonald's. Yeah. Yeah, I could just have a little more to it. I think you're right. I just tried that. It's really good. Well, today we're talking. <laughs> Nick can't handle this. Nick wants no part in this non-professional podcast. Your your intentional slurping into the microphone is a bit much for me, Daniel. (laughs) Listen, Ethan will edit it out if it's a bit much for him. Well, maybe you won't. We'll see. Today, it's uh, middle of uh, October. Um, We're approaching Global Focus, which is the two-week period at Bethlehem where we set aside time to focus on global missions, um, our missionaries, unreached people groups, and we thought it would be fitting to do a a podcast on this. I reached out to David Livingston, and he was unavailable to be here. He would be the perfect one to come. In fact, you know what? Call David Livingston. I just, I'm doing this really fast. Let's see what happens. Just hang on. <laughs> Might not work, but it's worth trying. It's probably in a meeting. Either that or napping. He might be napping. Hanging out with Karen. One of the grandkids. I don't know. You can edit this out if it's like a total fail. But if not, it could be color commentary for and the suspense. Hello, this is David Livingston. Thanks for calling. Please leave a message. I don't think I will. Um, <laughs> <coughs> so, without David Livingston. David Livingston cameo on the podcast. <laughs> That's true. Uh, without, uh, you know, David, the benefit of David being here, we're going to take a shot at just talking about Global Focus. Why, why do we talk about, why do we set aside two weeks to talk about this? Is this, uh, 
you know, something that historically Bethlehem has always done for, you know, decades and decades and decades. So a relatively recent innovation. What? What, what, what do you guys know? Uh, I think this is something that we've done for quite a while. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, I'm not exactly sure how long we've done global focus, but I know that um, missions and thinking about the nations has been a priority for Bethlehem, especially under John Piper's leadership for a long time. Um, so just to give focus to the fact that the Great Commission is for us today and people don't become Christians unless they hear the gospel. Yeah. Okay. Amen. Do you have a response, Dave, while you chew your fries? I agree. Very good. Yeah, so it's it's the reality, the statement that was, you know, said over and over for years and years. Missions exist because worship doesn't. We uh go to places where Christ is not named so that people might worship him in spirit and in truth. And that doesn't happen. Uh, Romans 10, without somebody going and opening their mouths. Um, that is God's appointed means for spreading the gospel. So so we take a couple weeks to focus on this. Um, how many missionary units are there at Bethlehem, you know, families or individuals? It's over 100. I think 113. Okay. Is that right? I think we're, I think that's close if it's not right. Yeah. So... God willing, there are several more in the pipeline. Don't know uh, when they'll go out uh, and other things in regards to that um, in 2022 or beyond. But uh, Bethlehem is a missions, you know, sending church and has a large portion of its budget, uh, over a quarter of its budget, if I remember correctly, um, devoted to world missions. Um, So millions of dollars. So we uh, take this as a very high priority for what we're doing that uh, people that have not heard the gospel, it must happen. It must happen that the gospel um, goes to these places. Right now we have a a number of missionaries home on assignment. We might actually have a chance in a a podcast episode in November to have a few of them on board, some of them coming from uh, more sensitive parts of, uh, you know, uh, just countries where perhaps they would not want to be identified. Are we going to put the vocal? uh, Ethan, can we put like vocal masks on them? Can we do that kind of thing? Like you like change like the, a distortion. Change the tone thing. of their Is that voice. doable? Ethan's while he's chewing his food, also signaling that yes, we could do that. That'd be so, cool. Yeah, we like might we might end up doing that. Dateline, <laughs> Dateline, I'm not or sure. something like that. I'm not sure that I want the uh, <laughs> podcast to become like Dateline as per se. But um, yeah, so 113 missionary units um, sent out all over the world. And then so many of them are in what we call unengaged, unreached people groups, UUPGs, as Brad Nelson has rapped a few times. Um, what are UUPGs, unengaged, unreached people groups, guys? They are, <laughs> Dave and I just looked at each other like, who's going to talk? <clears throat> uh, they are... Um, Groups of people, people groups, who, <laughs> people groups or well, what, groups of people. Time out, time out. So before we even go there, what's a people group? A people group, as we think about them, are, um, they are a, well, they're a group of people who share a culture or, you know, the same 
language or, um, you know, they're grouped together yep. in a way. And we think about those uh, as opposed to like countries. So, you know, you talk, talk about how the world is divided up. You can talk about it in like there's Germany and there's France and there's, you know, um, Thailand. And, and that's one way to think about the peoples of the world. But even smaller than that, there are these groups of people that share a culture and um, a way of life and language usually and um, that's closer to what we think about when the Bible talks about reaching the nations. Yep, yep. Um, the ethne yep. uh, of the world. And so so these these are groups of people or people groups. <laughs> Please stop. <laughs> who are unreached and unengaged. In other words, not only are they unreached with the gospel, they don't, you know, have... Uh, a gospel presence there, but there isn't even anyone there engaging them. Yeah. Yes. So they don't, there's, there's no one targeting them. So a brief uh, recap. So for years and years, missions operated uh, in the West, uh, certainly in the 18th and 19th centuries, thinking about political boundaries. Um, And then in 1974, a man named Ralph Winter at a conference made a kind of concerted argument that with the way that the New Testament talks about, and indeed the entire Bible talks about ethnic groups and peoples, is much more bounded the way that Nick just said, surrounding language and culture and ethnicity, less so what we think of as modern nation states, um, which sometimes missions focused on. So I think that in a lot of ways, like reoriented a lot of world missions type movements around that. And Bethlehem, mm-hmm. since really the 1990s, with lots of focus on world missions, then uh, has taken that as a goal. So, I mean, what do we do? I mean, we do that year-round. There's unengaged people groups, unreached people groups that we pray for. There's missionaries that we pray for, especially missionaries that are in or working close by unengaged people groups. Um, so it's not it's not like this is the two-week-a-year moment where we actually— Hey, remember, guys, we talk about this. This flavors Bethlehem, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and we pray pervades everything that we're doing. So, Dave, as a pastor for preaching and vision at South Campus, who has there are missionaries that are here that we're caring for very directly. There are missionaries, um, you know, abroad. How does South Campus like go about caring for missionaries? Uh, in in different ways. So South Campus specifically. Yeah, we're. Uh, that's actually been a point of emphasis among the elders for probably the last year and a half. Again, as we've moved towards more autonomy, um, even in how we kind of assign and care for our global partners. So there's a few different answers, a few different layers. Uh, the first one was we we started by really commissioning a couple elders. So David Livingston and Terry Kirshner, uh, they sit on what we call our South Go team, our global outreach team. And that's made up of uh, uh, members of the South Campus um, who are passionate about missions and about keeping our missionaries in front of us, keeping missions as a vital part of what we do, helping us get to know them and care for them. And so that Go team and then Terry and David, that's a link between the elders. Um, I'm, I'm meeting with some of the members of the GO team even this 
Sunday to talk through some things. Um, so we're just we're developing that team, and they're really running with a lot of things to care for and keep us aware of what's going on with our missionaries. And then the elders are getting updates regularly about that. Um, we're we've got a few initiatives going on at the South Campus right now, asking our particular. South Campus uh, Global Partners to make us videos that we might get to know their families and their needs more. Uh, It's nicer to see them on video than just to read about them. Um, And so that's been a really sweet gift for the South Campus as well. There's also things called Barnabas Teams, which is a group of members that... Who is Barnabas? He was an ex. Hopefully they remember. Okay. Barnabas Teams. (laughs) They're meant to be... Barnabas, you know, I've several times said that he's like the golden retriever of acts. Just really encourage an encourager, happy to see you, always glad you're there. So these Barnabas teams are kind of the idea of a group of people who's going to be the encouragers for these missionaries. They're going to pray for them, meet to pray for them, meet their needs when they come home, plan for their homecoming, all that kind of stuff. So those would be the other places that they get care. And then I know our GO team, our South GO team is doing regular interviews and checkups with all of our uh, South Global Partners as well. Um, And then even we just did an event here in July um, called Reunion where we we had a bunch of South Global Partners home and got a chance to connect with a lot of them actually in person too. And that's another thing we're trying to do better, and I'm trying to do better personally, uh, is when a Global Partners home taking time to get coffee, get lunch, get to know them, hear, hear how they're doing in all the various areas. Yeah, yeah, amen. That's just a snapshot. There's lots of stuff that goes on. but So one of the things, you know, if you're listening to this podcast and you're, I mean, everybody, uh, we, we've said this for years at Bethlehem, this is a John Piper thing from back in the day. Everyone either goes, sends, or is disobedient. So we're seeking to be faithful here as uh, Christians in this local congregation, sending these missionaries, caring for them. About uh, 2025, I think, assigned at South um, presently. 26. 26. So hoping and praying that they will feel deeply the support of their local church. So one thing that's just true right away is some of our missionaries' Barnabas groups are not well, um, you know, they don't have a ton of people on their their Barnabas teams. Um, It would be wonderful. If you're listening to this podcast and you're not already serving on a Barnabas team, for you to reach out to me, reach out to Dave, reach out to Nick, for us to get you connected with some of these missionaries. So what's actually going to happen in Global Focus Week, Nick? So Weeks, uh, really. I don't know when this is going to get released. Uh, It'll Um, get released the Friday before Global Focus kickoff, so next Friday. Well, this this is the Friday before Global Focus kickoff. Tomorrow is? Yeah. Oh, it'll get released in the middle okay. of Global Focus. Or maybe we'll release this one tomorrow and the other one next week. I okay, well, whenever this is going to be released, October 20th, uh, which is a Wednesday, um, will be the South Campus Global Focus kickoff. Uh, and there will be um, some global partners that will give testimonies of uh, ministry and um, just kind of casting vision for uh, missions. Um, there'll be a devotional given from the Word uh, on missions and the nations and the beauty of Christ. Uh, and then we're get, we have the opportunity to uh, celebrate one of our long, long-serving uh, missionary couples, um, and we're going to just honor them for 50 years of service uh, as global partners. 
And then there will be a time to uh, pray together for our global partners and, um, and the nations. So it'll just be a sweet time to focus that way. Uh, the next two Sundays uh, after that, um, there will be just, we'll do some global-focused worship. Um, we'll hear some global-focused uh, preaching and scripture readings and prayers and things like that. And so kind of these next couple weeks are just going to have that whole feel to everything that we yeah. do. Yeah. yeah. Praise God. Uh, Dave, um, will there be some kind of call towards the end of Global Focus or farther in November for those to come forward, identify themselves that might be interested in in pursuing missions further at Bethlehem? Yeah, we're working on the particulars, but there will be a way for those who would sense some kind of calling to uh, get in contact with the elders and the GO team. And um, yeah. so as the GO team is formed more, we're thinking about new ways to do that even better than we have in the past. Okay. Um, so I don't know the particulars quite yet, but that'll come. Missions at the man's in your living room, Dave? Sure. Sure, why not? Sure. Okay, great. Nice big living room. Nice big front yard. All those are good options. for football. It is good for football. Football at the man's. Yeah. yeah. Maybe maybe just one really quick why we care about missions. If you're listening and you're just not quite sure, I just point to texts like Revelation 5 and Revelation 7, where the nations are gathered around the throne, uh, singing the praises of the Lamb of God who was slain. And so we we know at Bethlehem, you know, we, we can't do all the missions, uh, but as God leads us and our people, we want to do our part to see the gospel run, to make disciples of all nations, uh, teaching them all that Jesus commanded them, baptizing them, and so so we want to do our part. Uh, while we're not we're not the end all be all of missions, we want to play our part in this global cause as God leads. And uh, and we saw that in Acts, right? We see Paul continuing to go on, and churches planted, and not everyone from those churches go on with Paul, but some of them do. Some of them make the journeys with him, and they go on to do what we'd call frontier missions at that point, and then some stay in local churches and love their neighbors uh, who are close by. Um, and then this a text, maybe to put on what Daniel said before about sending. So third, uh, third John, 6 through 8. Eight says this. Now, so as you're as you're listening to this and going, well, I don't feel called to the field. Um, this would be an encouragement for us as a church to. I think the the phrase has been to hold the ropes, to support, to love those who do go uh, to those places. So it says this, beloved. It is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are, who testified to your love before the church. He's talking about these people who went out for the sake of the gospel. And he says, you will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God, for they have gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, because they're going out, because we want to do this in a manner worthy of God, therefore, we ought to support people like these, that we may be fellow workers for the truth. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Other things on this topic, guys? Well, come, we, yeah, come. We hope you come. Yeah, please. So Wednesday the 20th, Friday the 22nd, if you're a parent of youth or youth, I'm doing a, a night here at the South Campus that the other two campuses are invited to, um, where we're going to focus on the short-term missions um, ethos at Bethlehem. Um, you know, Bethlehem doesn't just send short-term missions trips to 
kind of bolster, uh, you know, teenagers' personal stories or anything like that, which which is probably an unfair caricature, but I think at times uh, is somewhat accurate. We're seeking to support other churches and missionaries around the world um, in spreading the gospel. So on the 22nd, you'll get to hear stories of that. On the 31st of, um, of October, right after Sunday service, the short-term missions trip that's more designed for youth um, we'll actually have an informational meeting. Nathan Metcalf will be running that right after service. There are other things on the calendar, I think. Nick, did you have another date? Yep. So on October 29th, uh, Friday, um, we're going to do an evening of worship and prayer. That's actually going to be kind of a part of a quarterly rhythm we're hoping to start here uh, of evenings of worship and prayer. We're going to call them Abide. And this one uh, will have a special global focus component where we focus on the nations and uh, pray for that. And also just pray for our church, pray for one another, have some time to linger and worship and kind of pursue the spirit together. So we'd really encourage you to come to that on the 29th and kind of make that a part of your quarterly rhythm as a gathering for us as a self-family. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us.